Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Thursday, gang, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein, we start the podcast, we start it with a very lucky, a fluky Man City beating Aston Villa 2-0 and Manchester United taking on Fulham, of course, at Craven Cottage. All the fallout was on Talk Sport, and the reason I say that is because as things currently stand, uh, regular listeners to the podcast will know that I record these while their last game is going on. There's 69 minutes left on the clock and it's United 2, Fulham 1. I'm quietly confident that there'll be a result. And Manchester United return to power. 17 Premier League away games unbeaten. Luke Shaw played well again, I thought. Um, Pogba's finding his, his, he's got that swagger back. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's things about United right now where they're getting results and you're not surprised. Pogba, who dances his way to the edge of the six-yard line, oh. shoots and brilliantly curls the ball behind the diving, sprawling Areola. A wonderful hit. A moment of brilliance won it for you. What was your view of the goal? Ah, oh, brilliant. Uh, left foot strike. Paul's in a really good form at the moment and he's, uh, he's played really well tonight. You know, I, I was a bit worried first half when he got his booking because I knew this was going to be a game with some tackles and uh, he had to do some defensive work and he, he did his duty to perfection. United kind of sunk into that mentality of they, they weren't really fearful of anything coming at them. Yes, Fulham had a few chances on the break but they weren't too too worried about what was actually coming back and they were trying to take their the, the foot off the gas and ease through it and I think what I would like to see from the United team now is going on scoring three and four goals against teams like that especially when you've got them on the ropes it's a tough place to go um, mm. Fulham uh, right now and I think they can be proud of their performance because you've, you've played against one of the best sides in the country right now and for United to be defending the way they did towards the end I think Scotty Parker will know man for man they're better of course they are and I think they can take a lot from that every week we've worked tirelessly in training to become more solid to understand we had a bit of a problem there and we needed to stay in games and give us a real platform I think we've done that and executed that very very well the next thing like now is it's like anything as soon as you you solve one problem another one appears and now we have to be a little more clinical and amends most controversial point of the game of Corso was the first goal. It came when Rodri, seemingly from an offside position, robbed Mings of possession, played it through to Silva. Silva's shot was excellent into the roof of the net. For me, it's one of the worst rules in football. It's shocking. Absolutely shocking because Mings should have cleared it. And yes, you can make that argument, Mings should have cleared it. But when Mings brings that ball down 
He's been tackled from the wrong side by Rodri, who's offside. So it doesn't sit with me. It's horrendous. He's gained an advantage by being offside. There's going to be a problem for Dean Smith. He's going to get a booking because Jonathan Moss, the referee, was walking over to the touchline, then turned it, that into a, a jog because obviously, oh, he's going to get a red. He certainly wasn't swearing. So uh, there's nothing that can get censored. I just asked the fourth official if they'd had juggling balls for Christmas. <laughs> He produced a yellow card and said he was um, he was doing his, in, uh, his interpretation of the laws of the game. I said, well, you should have started that early in the game. I think I got probably treated different to other managers there because I think if anybody else, any foreign, any other manager actually says anything there, I don't think they get sent off for that at all. Just quickly, Tyro Mings has tweeted. He has. So this is on the back of the goal that was scored. Never even heard of that rule. Just let players stand offside, then run back and tackle you, question mark. In hindsight, I should have cleared it 100%, but didn't even know that was the case nonsense. Two parts to this. I totally agree with him. How a player can be standing in an offside position and then run back and tackle. I I totally agree with him. But ignorance is not a defence. No, no, it's not. But how can he not know he's a professional footballer? That's what I'm saying. What a joke. What a joke. How is that not offside? Well, well, because the ball never got to him. Yeah, but I mean, the the ball's barely even touched the floor after Mings has chested it and the geezer's robbed the ball. Yeah, Trevor Sinclair and Darren Goff had their say after some Chelsea fans appeared to have turned against their own manager, old Frank Lampard. But first, this is Katie Price's ex-husband, Simon Jordan, and a rather bold statement about the Chelsea manager. He claims he'll achieve more in his career as a manager than Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to happen, isn't it? I don't believe Solskjaer will bridge the gap at any point. I believe there is a distinct possibility that Frank Lampard will. Now, whether that means Roman Abramovich is going to give him the time to do it, that's a different discussion. The reasons why I, I, I attach a different level of rhetoric to Lampard than I do to Solskjaer is my belief is Lampard has the capability of being an elite manager, and I don't believe Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does. George is a big Chelsea fan and he's straight through. George, first one, good morning. What do you want to say, mate? I'm just so frustrated right now. I'm so frustrated. As a Chelsea fan, I'm just, I'm at my bitter end with it. Like, watching that last night, there's no passion, there's no bite, there's no hunger, there's no urgency. You've got Jody Morris sitting on the bench behind Lampard, his head shrinking into his shoulders. Lampard standing there, clueless. They've got no direction. They've got no leader on that pitch. There's nothing. The only one that plays out of his skin is Mason Mount. That boy should be captain. I actually feel loyalty is probably the one thing that's going against Frank Lampard at the moment. I feel the plays he's brought in, he wants to play them. And the plays that did well last season, he wants to keep them happy when really he's just got to be honest with himself and play the best team. Now, putting Mason Mount as a holding midfielder with Kovacic, I just feel he's a mistake. Jody Morris and Frank Lampard, I'm afraid... I love Lampard. I love him. But the man needs to go. He is not, he's not ready. Those players are ready. We're halfway through a season, Jim, and he doesn't even know his best eleven. Now, come on. I would say I've been quite disappointed in a lot of those loyal fans who love Frank as a player. They have the flags everywhere and the banners, how much they love him from his playing days and what he did for Chelsea. This moment is absolutely going to be a priceless one as Lampard and Terry lift the Champions League trophy for Chelsea. Who were so pleased he got the job in the first place, who have viciously turned in such a short time. When you consider last season was a free season and he ended up still getting him into the top four when people, so many people doubted it. 
Now, Leicester went top, would you believe, of the Premier League on Tuesday night. Well, didn't last long, did it? Anyway, can they go on and win the title for a second time in five years? Of course, the answer is no. But let's find out from Gabby Agbonlahor, Simon Jordan, Trevor Sinclair. But first, here's Adrian Durham and a rather big statement about Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers is a perfect fit for Chelsea. And when you consider that he left Celtic when they're on the brink of a treble treble, he won't mind at all. If somebody says, well, this is what we're going to offer you salary-wise, this is what we're going to offer you transfer budget-wise, this is the level of ambition we've got, i.e. in the last decade, we've won the Champions League, we've won titles, we've won this, we've won that, regularly in finals, etc. We want to get back to that. That's where Brendan Rodgers wants to be, in amongst the elite. Brendan Rodgers as a coach, I've been saying it for years, he's one of the best British coaches ever. He is consistent to his word. He equals elite for me, and I don't care about anyone else's opinion on that. And if anyone says that he's not, they don't understand football. Brendan Rodgers is, a, is an outstanding manager that's learnt his trade at Swansea, at Liverpool, at Celtic. Yeah. is applying all the experience and the education to what was already a sound base for a side that nobody gave any credibility to in 2015-2016 and there is a distinct possibility that sections of the media and sections of the football world are falling into the same trap again. This is a real challenge. Leicester City are one of the sides that you will have to be above categorically. If you finish above Leicester, you'll win the Premier League. Towards Barnes who miss kicks it on the edge of the area. Indeed, he with the thunderbolt hits the post and in and Leicester City have taken less than six minutes to go in front. You look at Leicester last night and defensively they look strong. Midfielder looks strong, aggressive, with the right balance between defensive minded players and attacking minded players. Up front, they look threatening. You look at Vardy and especially Barnes yesterday, even though Brighton done a great job. And for me, why can't they be title contenders? Now, Spurs are keeping tabs on Danny Ings' contract dispute with Southampton, TalkSport understands, with Ings currently stalling on signing a new deal at the Saints. So, could he do a job at a top four club? Well, if that's the case, why would he join Spurs? <laughs> I'm only joking. Well, Rangers legend Ali McCoy has urged Ingsy to move away from St Mary's, but Gabby Agbonlahor has suggested he should stay at Southampton. Really? I have to hear this. You see what happened at Liverpool with him, and um, he didn't get much game time. Southampton's a club that you know he feels at home at, and he's playing football, and he's getting into England squads. Does he want to move now? and play second choice to Harry Kane at Spurs. That could cost him a place in the Euros. For me, I'd stay where I am and try and come to an agreement if it's over wages with Southampton. Danny Ings is a top-class quality finisher, right? Danny Ings playing with Manchester City right now would be buying all sorts of goals in. That's my opinion on it, right? I mean, the quality of his goal, for example, against Liverpool, you know, the, the ones off the goalkeeper, the tap-ins, the headers, the flicks, you name it, he scores a different, all, all, all types of goals. Cuts onto his right for Benzwan! Oh, what a goal from Danny Ings! Let's make no mistake about it. At 28, it'll probably be the biggest um, mm. and probably most important contract that he is going to sign would be his next one. If you've got a chance to move to top four club, go. You, ah, you've got to. Now, Liverpool moaning boss Jurgen Klopp has been speaking to the media ahead of the Reds game with Burnley in the Premier League tonight. Kloppy said that he's not worried about his front three lackey goals at the moment and they will come good. Oh, yeah, 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 no goals in the last three. That doesn't worry me at all for the champions. The boys themselves know that goals are not flying in from right and left in the moment, so you have just to work on it. And there will be a moment when we score again. The stones 
City. I don't know. A week ago, he scored his first goal for City. I think against United. In the next game, he scores twice. So you can't explain that really. Accelerated the area first time. Strike towards the near corner, and it's narrowly wide of Matt Ryan's goal. It's happening, and that's the that's the thing. And if the calmer you stay, the about staying greedy as well, the making good decisions and all these kind of things, the earlier the situation will change. So that's it. Now, can West Ham make top four? And is Mikel Antonio all that? Well, let's find out from Hammers first team coach, Psycho Stuart Pierce and Adrian Durham. They've signed the right striker in this window. Have they got a chance of finishing in the top four? Roundly, everybody said no. I said, well, what if they sign uh, Erling Haaland? Well, they are going to finish top four, aren't they? Mate, have you seen who they've signed? The past 49 strikers West Ham have signed. They haven't got a great trap record, whoever's scouting those strikers. OK, if they get it right, though, because occasionally with signings, not necessarily strikers, I take your point on that, you're right, but if they, the equivalent of a, a Payet, OK, that equivalent signing, uh, somebody that good in the right position up front for them, that effective within the team, who not only can come in if Antonio is, is injured and can't play two games in a week, funnily enough, he's played two in four days, effective in both. It makes you wonder, though. High-hanging ball towards the far post, Yarmolenko heads it back in field, and it's volleyed in by Antonio, and yet again, Mikel Antonio is West Ham's goal-scoring talisman. I signed him at Nottingham Forest, uh, must have been seven, eight years ago now, so... I, I knew the boy that we took from Sheffield Wednesday to come to Nottingham. His holder since then, and since I've come back into the club this time out, his hold-up plays improved drastically. I've got to say, he's, uh, it sort of startled me really because that was an, an area of his play that we felt as though he could improve on drastically. He still can, make no mistake, as as a lot of players can improve on, on parts of their play, especially as a centre forward. As you know, it's a vital part of it, but. I think his hold-up play and his understanding of his runs has improved drastically, certainly since I've come back into the club and seen him. I, I don't think the England ceiling is, is ever there for any player because Gareth does his job so thoroughly, you know. So if his form keeps going, West Ham are doing well and, and he's scoring goals, then, you know, there's no reason why not. And finally, my show. Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Have a listen to things that happened last night on the show, don't you know? Elsewhere, Ronaldo becomes the highest goal scorer of all time. No, but I've just, but I've is, just Googled okay. Ronaldo. Go on. What, this is true. Go on. 1,282 goals. Pele scored, so he's did miles he, behind him. Did he? But he's did counting he? kickabouts, though, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, he does say How he, much he stuff says, in the back garden. He says he did Escape score. victory. Every time that gets played, he claims another goal. <laughs> Honestly. It's it like royalty. Yeah, royalty. He gets an extra goal. Yeah, every, every yeah. Christmas it comes out, he gets another goal. Yeah, I mean, Ronaldo, what... Greatest what, striker ever, yeah? Probably, yeah. Just, Better than Pele. Well, I mean, look, I, I never saw Pele play. Pele, freaking away, there's a beautiful pass for him. He's round the goalkeeper, just let him run off, and he's gone, no! I'm not saying Pele's a bad player, I've never said that. I just said... I think we did one show where you no, said, is Pele all that? No, I just don't know whether... The goals, he's, you know, some of them are made up, some of them are a bit like he's going around playing golf, you know, people mark their own goal, goal yeah. cards. Jason Candy. Complete fluke, you might say. 
Uh, that's it for another podcast. thing I'm back on the Sports Bar tonight from 10pm. Of course, alongside the fun boy, Jason Cundy, taking your calls after Burnley smash Liverpool 0-0 in the Premier League. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Gosley Talksport Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning. So do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. But above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.